welcome. And welcome to those of you who are online. We love you too. And uh, you can't, uh, we can't see you, but you can see us, and it's a joy to be with you. It's really fun that we get to come together. Uh, I was thinking, this really is, and I've been to a lot of churches. This is my favorite church. So Jesse laughed at me. It's not, it's not. So this is, uh, I'm really glad to be here. We are going to be worshiping with some songs of worship. And uh, somebody will be coming and leading us in communion as well at some point. Uh, there's a message that we'll have and probably some, some introductions and announcements in between there. But I, I really get the sense that God's going to do some fun things today. That as you have come with who knows what, with needs and burdens and expectations uh, that God is ready to meet us this morning. So as you have the capacity, would you stand with me this morning? Because he's really good. God is really, really good. And he really wants to meet with us today. This is, when else do we put an hour aside like this? So let's expect him to be here. Holy Spirit, come. You're welcome here. And we open the doors of our hearts, God, that you could do whatever you want. And we ask that you wouldn't hold back. There's so many people, Lord, praying for revival. And at the same time, there's so much unraveling going on on the earth right now. People unraveling. Situations unraveling. Emotions unraveling. So, God, uh, we don't want to just elevate above that. We want to meet you in the middle of that. That you would heal. That you would restore. And that you would love us in the midst of it. So, Lord Jesus, right now we welcome you into all of life. Into every single bit of it. No holds barred. No... No, no go zones. You're welcome into all of it. So as we worship this morning, we just say to you that you are welcome. And we want for you to move in our lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can clap too. And I'm going to tune my guitar. I just get annoyed when my guitar is just out of tune. And this is real. We're all just being real right now. This is, it's going to be really distracting if I keep going and it's out of tune. We're just real. And God's spirit can still flow even though I'm retuning. He really can. He's allowed. I'm being really facetious right now. You guys have to know. There we go. You were clapping so good. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who makes us restless with awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be saved. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. 
sing for all that you've done for me. So in heaven right now, the angels keep singing and singing. They're in the presence of God, and there's just nothing like being in the presence of God. So in the presence of God, there's just, there's like only one response, and it's just awe. But there's a song that the angels sing out, and not just the angels, but anybody in God's presence. They sing like this, and so can we sing like them this morning? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Come on, church. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the of stuff, but when we worship the Lord, when we come into his presence, it just doesn't matter almost whatever else is going on, because he's there. That's what we're doing this morning in worship. We're lifting him up, resetting our whole lives on him. Let's sing that one more time. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy, worthy, worthy. So sometimes in these moments, I just want to keep repeating words, and there's different words for what you call that. Sometimes we just want to keep singing. Sometimes we create new songs.
Good morning. We, I invite you to communion this morning. Uh, I want to let you know that anyone who has entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ is welcome to join us in our communion service this morning. It's for all God's children. Um, one of the things that God invites us to do as we prepare ourselves for communion is to look into our own hearts and prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds for this communion. And Lord, anything in us, anything, Lord, that we need to bring to you, we bring to you now as we prepare for this time to where we celebrate the sacrifice and the resurrection that you give us uh, to celebrate with you in communion. Amen? So I invite now our servers to come up. In Luke 22, starting with verse 14, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down at the table. And Jesus said to them, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you. Before my suffering begins. Before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. 
for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and he gave thanks for it. And then he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine. And he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Amen? And so the way we will do this as we offer the, the crackers and the juice, but we also have the emblems and little cups for those who would prefer to receive it that way. And we would ask you to come up the, these aisles here and return on the outside to your seats. So, welcome. Welcome to this meal that God has prepared for us. Worthy is our Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is our Lord God Almighty, the one who lives and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. Jesus taught his disciples to pray a prayer, a simple prayer, but it's up on the screen for you in Spanish and in English for us to be able to read together to declare that this is not about us. We are not the hero of the story. We live into a story that's all about Jesus and his kingdom. So can we pray this prayer together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, Lord, we know you're here. You are welcome into all of life. Come, Lord.
Yeah, we, so what are we doing right now? We're waiting in silence. Why? One, there's just not enough silence in the world, is there? There's not enough time where we just wait and we let God speak. Uh, all these songs were picked this week out of times with Jesus where we just waited and we read the scripture and songs came up. And so we went, oh, that scripture has to do with that song. So let's, what if we sang that? Doesn't that make sense? So we're just waiting and listening and following the best way that we know how. And um, before Arlita comes with announcements and tells us, you know, some other things that are going on, there was a team praying for you ahead of time before you got here this morning. And as part of their prayer time, they were trying to listen to God for you. And so we risk in just writing a couple things down. This isn't, I don't know, it can feel weird. But at the end of the day, it's just people trying to listen. Say, Lord, is there somebody that you're wanting to touch today? Can we help name that? Can we help give courage to them maybe to come for prayer at some point? And at the end of the service, we'll have prayer teams that where you can respond. But somebody who just needs some provision, uh, somebody who needs freedom from distraction, you all don't have to go to that one. I'll, that's my number there. Uh, toes that need healing, uh, splitting headache and pain in the heel. So if that's you, let God just begin to minister to you even now. And it may be that you're coming with some physical, emotional, or spiritual need that isn't named. And just because God doesn't call your number doesn't mean that he doesn't want to heal you. So today, as the word is read, as Arlita welcomes you, God is continually moving in this place. And he may surprise you. And, and, and if you're still longing for him to do something in your life, there'll be prayer teams that you, you can respond to at the end, right? Right on? Awesome. All right, take us forward. Present, sometimes we don't. There have been times I've been sitting in the crowd and someone says they feel the Lord and I'm like, you all are crazy. And so, um, so we just, we're human. We're naturally supernatural and sometimes we sense something, but we can't put words to it. And so part of the pause is I think even just, it's kind of a weird day. It's humid, sticky, feels like pea soup outside. And so I feel like I'm moving slowly through the world and just kind of uh, taking a time to pause and see like, what is the Lord doing in the middle of all that. And so I welcome you to do the same as we, uh, as I share announcements, as John uh, preaches the message this morning, just that you would just kind of hear what the Lord wants to share with you and just take moments to pause and be reflective. So I'm going to move here so the camera people can point me to people who are watching online. Uh, so welcome to Mission Vineyard. Uh, part of the, I think the weirdness, the, the pea soup feeling is like some of our normal people aren't here. Um, uh, somebody's mother passed away a couple weeks ago, so they celebrated her life yesterday in Houston. Herschel and Lucy are traveling in Europe with long, long-time friends. And then there's other people, the new and old, that uh, are part of our community that are out of town for various reasons. And so sometimes our family, when we come to see our family on a Sunday, um, our weekly reunion, if you will, it can feel a little weird if people aren't here. So we are glad that you are here, and we are thankful for the people that are, do get to travel and be with their family in their time of need. So a quick couple of announcements. If you are new or know somebody who would, who's been new before but never got one of these wonderful bags, um, these are our welcome bags, and it has some practical information about our church as well as something we call a connect card. You can fill out as much information as you'd like to on it. Um, you'll be added to the weekly newsletter that I send out telling you about all that's going on in the life of the church, um, including things like small groups, which we have our youth small group this afternoon at the Fiesta building just down Broadway. Um, so if you want information, just head over to the information table after the service, and we'll make sure you have all the details and meet our youth leaders. Um, and we also have in that bag a manna bag. And if you are out driving about, and if you're not even a visitor, we have extra bags in the back for people that are just, um, they would like to bless somebody as they come encounter them as they drive around the city. And so we just want to like extend God's love to people, um, even as we're doing our daily commutes and everything like that. Um, and uh, at Mission Vineyard, it's really important to us that we pray for people. As you saw demonstrated already, that we have people praying before the service. And every Tuesday, we have a small group of intercessors that pray for any physical, spiritual, if there is a visitor, they pray for anything. And they keep it confidential. 
but on the back of the Connect card, we also have a prayer card. And again, it can be confidential or it would just be shared with the intercessor team. But we want to welcome Jesus into all of life, whether it's you stubbed a toe or your child is taking star tests this week, um, which my daughter is doing and some other kids in this uh, room are. Um, whatever the need is, Lord, uh, we just want to bring that before the Lord and invite Jesus to meet us there. And then lastly, as part of our worship, we want to invite our community to give back to God what he's given to us. And so we do that through... Um, giving financially. Some, some of us give with our hands or our feet or our media skills, um, but we also invite people as a part of their worship to give financially to the mission and vision of Mission Vineyard as we serve the homeless and students and people in Argentina. All of that, uh, those ties and offerings go to the work of what God's doing in the world. So I'm going to pray for that. Um, the people that have the baskets can come, come forward, and then we'll pass those as we transition into our sermon. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the birds I hear chirping outside. I thank you for the people that are here and online. I thank you, Lord, for the people that we don't even know yet, Lord, that you love because you created them. Lord, I pray for every gift that is given, whether online or in person, whether here or to another organization, Lord, I pray that all of it will be used for your purposes in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is here. God is here, and he's for you, and he loves you, and he's so good, and I'm really, really glad to be with you this morning. Again, my name is John, and uh, we're in a series called Rooted. This series called Rooted came from a bit of an image. It's interesting. If you go to the botanical gardens, they're in the same series. They're just doing different things. Uh, we did not come up with it together. We came up with it separately, but it's really fun that just up the street, the community is actually uh, equally engaged in the same sort of uh, theme. This theme, for me, has this picture, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way before, where you're engaged in faith, but it's like you are a potted plant, and you really want to grow. But because you're potted, all the roots, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of roots that just continue to grow and grow and grow in the pot. And eventually, all the resources in the pot are taken up, and the roots strangle the plant. What we're engaging in here uh, with this series is saying, what would it look like to look at God's story, at the way that the church has developed, the whole purpose of the church, and see what it would mean to kind of rip off the pot that we're stuck in and get planted in life that is already there, in a kingdom that's already existing, a place where God's inviting us in to amazing life and work. What would that look like? So last week we looked at uh, the book of Revelation and uh, preparing the end, looking with the end in mind and looking at the end like, when at some point God is going to come and heaven and earth will be one and everything's going to be made right. Sin is going to go away forever. And now we're going from the end to the beginning. And today we're going to be looking at Adam and Eve and their story about how they were given everything, and then all of a sudden a snake comes around and busts up the whole plan. So before we get started, I just want to pray, Lord Jesus, you know how much my words can mean absolutely nothing unless you are saying something meaningful through me. So come, Holy Spirit, let your word be, said, be what you said your word would be, which that it would not come back void, that it would actually impact and transform people, that your spirit would be among us, in us and through us, speaking to us through this day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. My wife and I, uh, Arlita, we got to travel to Houston this past weekend, uh, got to be with uh, one of our pastors, Randall, as he uh, was gathering to bury his mom. His mom has just passed away, and so we were in Houston for that. But while we were in Houston, uh, we're actually sort of like the grandchild of a mother church in Houston. And that was started by another one of our pastors, Herschel Roster, who's in Croatia right now. And uh, so we got to go to the home church uh, on Friday and meet with the pastor there and hang out. And as we were there, we just heard stories of people's lives completely unraveling. Certainly, you know, over the last two years, it's been a little difficult for some folks. Loneliness. And even in that loneliness and in the complexity of, like, such upheaval in the world, there's all kind of thoughts that can come into your mind, like, am I okay? Are you okay? 
Do I need to change? Maybe I should just completely wipe out my life altogether and start all over again. And people are making decisions that are so difficult and so hard. And it's also been a season in the public where we know people, whether it's in news organizations or all over the place, there's just sin that's coming to the surface. In churches, there's sin that's coming to the surface with leaders that's just hard and disturbing. And the word that we were taking in all of that was unraveling. It just seems like this is a season now after COVID where if you haven't unraveled already, people are absolutely unraveling. Now, for some, that's a beautiful unraveling. There's this sense of, I have never been so deeply centered and grounded in God's love. I have never been so dependent on God for everything I have because things have completely changed. I've never gone to him so desperately before, and he's never answered me so loudly. Those are some great stories that are coming out of this church. And, boy, the stories of unraveling, the hurt and the pain. It causes me, and, and over the past week, so let me just divulge a little bit something. I'm going to bring you inside this, how this works a little bit. For me, and I don't know about for you, it's meant that I've been super anxious. And my normal conversations with the people that I love the most have been more alarming. I've had less patience. There's part of me that feels like, man, over these last two years, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be the man that God, got, God has called me to be. But that also means that there's a lot of messiness coming out in this risk. And so my anxiety has gone up, and it's been really, really hard. So as we're looking at the scriptures, first, I, I want to share with you the scripture that's grounding us for this rooted series. There's no pun intended there. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you received him, walk in him. I know there's a lot, been a lot that's changed over the last two years, but as you received him, continue to walk in him. He's still the same God. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and then abounding in thanksgiving. So situations may change, but we are still being led to be grounded in God in thanksgiving. If you don't remember anything from today, I believe this is what God would have for you today. When we are rooted in God's leadership, all of our worry is transformed into rest. When we are rooted in God's leadership, all of our worry is transformed into rest. So how is that working in my life? In my life, it means that I have anxious thoughts all the time. Sometimes I wake up. This morning, I woke up at 5 a.m. I have no idea why, and there was just something playing in my head. I don't know if anybody has ever had that before where you wake up and you don't know why, or you just have a tape playing of a situation, and you're going, why on earth am I burdened by this? This imaginary thing that I'm thinking about, this non-real situation, but I'm, I'm pouring energy into it, and there's fear that's coming from it. What would it look like if instead of living in that fear, we were grounded in God's leadership of that situation? That's what we're going to engage today. And our example will be from Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, is where we find Adam and Eve, if you've never heard of them before, they were, as the scripture tells, the first of God's created humans, the first that he laid his hands on and brought from the earth and said, you are going to be my children, you're going to walk with me, be my friends, we're going to partner together, it's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, a serpent... The scripture describes the serpent as more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And the serpent, this is weird, but if you look at the scriptures for how different angels are shaped and how uh, there's different sort of uh, interweaving of uh, creation at that time with angelic beings and, uh, uh, and beasts, then you get to see that maybe this is an angelic creature shaped like a serpent and he's talking to Eve. He said to the woman, Did God actually say that you should not eat of any tree 
in the garden. What on earth is this all about? Have you ever all of a sudden been interrupted in your sleep or you're just worrying for some reason by a question that actually doesn't exist? This question actually doesn't exist in Adam and Eve's life. This is something introduced by the snake. He's challenging the situation with something that's completely unreal. Did God really say that you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we can eat of the trees. <laughs> like, what are you asking? Like, we're fine. This is great. We get to walk with God. We have everything taken care of. What on earth are you talking about? But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Like, oh yeah, there's that one. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And she's adding a little drama there that God hadn't spoken about, but it's like she's trying to make an argument to this being that's like stepping to her, you know? But the serpent said to the woman, you surely won't die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So there's a couple things that are going on there. There's an accusation of Eve that she isn't all that she could become. This is one of the biggest lies that our society is facing right now. People are completely changing their lives from gender to marriages to relationships, jobs. Everything has been torn up from this one lie. You actually could be much more than you are right now. All you have to do is disobey God. He's actually been holding you back. If you would just do what you felt like, you would be much more than you could ever imagine. The serpent asked this question. It's a lie, but it's a temptation that we all face, isn't it? If I only had a different job, if I only had a little bit more money, if I could only retire with this, if my relationships with my kids only looked like that, if I had only done this in the past, There's a theologian, his name is Victor Hamilton, and he calls this process, actually, living in places that we don't really have the equipping to live, living in places and imagining in spaces that actually we're not ready for. He calls it deification, becoming like God. Satan was right. The serpent was right. This is a bit like making ourselves like God. He says, deification is a fantasy, difficult to repress, and it's a temptation hard to reject. Whenever one makes his own will crucial and God's revealed will irrelevant, whenever autonomy displaces our submission to God in obedience, that finite individual like Eve, like us, attempts to rise above limitations imposed on him or her by his creator. What is he saying? When we live in the fantasy that somehow we could be amazing if we just disobeyed God, if we live in the fantasies of worry and anxiety, We actually don't live in reality at all. Our human limitations cannot actual, actually handle living in the present and in the future. Our actual brains and our souls and our spirits are actually made like Adam and Eve's to just live in the garden walking with God. We were made to be walking with him in a way that we're supplied all of our needs. We're a serpent, and when he comes and he says, hey, do you know that you could become more? We go, actually, I have all that I need all the time. Thanks. Bye-bye. But instead, this fantasy rises up. 
And you might not determine it like this, but I call this worry. Worry is the act of stepping into a place that God hasn't prepared for us yet. And this is where I process most of my anxiety. But God, what about this? And I've got to protect this. And I've got to do this. And God is saying, why are you living there? You are not made to live there. I have not prepared that for you yet. You are now living not in the Garden of Eden. You are living in the wilderness. I have not prepared that for you. Would you just live for me right here and right now? Well, the story continues. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she could become better. She wasn't enough, but this would fix all of her problems. She took of the fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And their eyes were both opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So a couple of consequences to living in a future that God hasn't prepared for us. A couple of consequences that we have to anxiety and worry. I want you to see them here with the woman and the man. One is... We expect that worrying and living in that future that doesn't exist, that thing that we think is going to solve our problems, we think that by doing that, we're going to feel better about ourselves. And we actually don't. It's actually not real. We think by living in this place that we're tempted to live, we'll make ourselves better. It actually, through the anxiety and the worry that we live in, makes us worse. We actually get less capacity. How many of you have hurt thumbs by swiping so much through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever? How many of you have injuries by doing this? This is real. I've had it before. I'm, this is me, okay? We think that this is therapeutic by living in all of these worlds. And actually, our joy is stolen every single swipe. And not only is our joy stolen, but actually we lose energy. Nothing, every survey says, no energy ever comes from interacting with social media. And let me tell you, in the same way, no energy ever comes from worrying. Jesus says it. This is real. So the other consequence I want us to look at is, as their eyes were opened, they saw that they were naked. Worry brings shame. Because worrying continues us on a road that says we're not enough. It also causes us to hide. Look at what happens with Adam and Eve as they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And all of this language as you read it says this is what God normally did. How many of you have quiet times that you normally spend with God in the morning or the evening and you start worrying and all of a sudden God is there waiting for you to spend time with you? But you're not there anymore. You are now worrying or distracting yourself because you're so worried. This is what it does. He's there walking, but we're not there. Another theologian who has suffered much and earned his stripes to be able to say this, he says, shortcuts sometimes have dire outcomes. And any shortcut to maturity is strewn with potholes and obstacles. Ill-equipped for knowledge, their choice, Adam and Eve, introduced anxiety, brokenness, and fear. So they tried to get ahead. They thought, oh, I'm not enough. I know God's walking with me, but, 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 but. And actually, it ended up being horrible for them. There are some people here. I know you're here today, and you may be absolutely living in the wilderness. You're not walking in the garden. You're not living in peace. You're walking with worry. I know there's probably things in your life that are completely unraveling. It could be that addiction that is still keeping you back. It could be relationships with kids or parents that you wish were better. It could be that relationship you always wish would work out, but it hasn't worked out. All of us are here today with all kinds of worries, and we actually 
instead of being grounded and rooted in God's love, have put ourselves in pots of worry that keep us bound up and the resources just getting used up and used up and used up. Well, I want to tell you this morning that you're not lost. And if your world is unraveling or you're worried that it is, if you're living in that wasteland, God God has promised to take us from where we're at and root us in his love and in himself and turn wastelands into places of living water. This is Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. This is for you, those who are struggling in worry. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. This is people who are stuck, bound up. And God is saying, no. Be strong. Say those to have, who have anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. He will come and save you. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf. Miracles can happen. All those things that you're worried about actually aren't worth worrying about. It, God can come and change things in an instant. The burning sand shall become a pool. The thirsty ground springs of water. Being rooted, becoming rooted in the garden, walking with God again, becoming one with God in a way that we just, we rest on him in peace no matter what's going on, even though the lies come and say, you know you're not enough, you know you don't have enough, you know you're not going to have enough. Being rooted means welcoming Jesus into the wasteland of our worry. Welcoming him right there. Simple scriptures, one from Paul and in Philippians chapter 4, he just says it like an order. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We're not made to live in the imagination of what's missing in our life. We're not made to follow the lies of, you know, you're really not enough. And if you would just become more, become better, then everything would be fine. We're not made to live there. We're made to live in submission and obedience when we feel like we're not enough. We're made to go to him, and guess what? When we do, he actually supplies all of our needs. Jesus said this, and this is from the message, and so it sounds a bit more like a book than, than the Bible typically does. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus said. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. I would really like that for us today. I really want that for me. I really want that for our church. I really want that for our world that is absolutely suffering and unraveling in places and worry and anxiety that they're not enough. I really want us to be deeply rooted in a way that we know that God will take care of us no matter what's going on. So when we pray, what, what it might it look like? Instead of worrying and continuing to worry, what if we paused and we stayed in that wasteland of our worry and we said, Jesus, I welcome you into that place that I'm imagining. I welcome you into that place where I don't feel secure. I welcome you into that place where I don't feel like I'm enough. And in, my, in the mind's eye of my, imagine, of my imagination, would you go there with me right now? I welcome you in that place, and I ask you to go before me so that any time I think about this again, I think about you there first. There's a conference coming up. It's going to be online on something called Emmanuel Prayer, and Emmanuel Prayer is all about 
seeing Jesus in situations where we couldn't see Jesus before. And if he's there, he completely heals the situation, even if the situation can't change. Some of us don't have a faith like that where we can imagine Jesus like that. Sometimes faith can become just religious, moralistic, distant, but that's not who God wants to be. God wants to be the one who walks with us in the garden, who supplies all of our needs. So we have two options. We can stay potted and let the roots of our worries strangle us and steal every resource we have. Or we could be rooted in the love of God, welcoming Jesus to lift us out of that stranglehold and worry and plant us perfectly in his love and care for us and give us his voice. So can we believe him? So just take a moment right now. I've already mentioned some things where God has been saying, this is something that you're worried about. This is some place that he wants to address. Those have all been on the screen. But let's just take a minute. Any place of worry in your life, just before between you and God, maybe you want to make a note in your phone. Jesus, I'm anxious about this. And in your own imagination, maybe you just want to type in your phone. This is, the pastor said we could use our phones in church. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Jesus, I'm anxious about this. This is what I'm thinking. What do you have to say to me? And just in your imagination with him, just write down what he could be saying. So Holy Spirit, come as we're just with you. God, we imagine ourselves in the garden with you, walking with you in a place that you take care of every single need. Would you speak to us right now? invite our prayer teams to get ready to receive you. If you have any emotional, physical, or spiritual need this morning, uh, Gabri and I are going to be playing another song right now. And uh, in that time, you're welcome to continue to pray, to continue to hear from Jesus, and also to receive some help for that. Sometimes we just need somebody to put a hand on our shoulder and just wait on the Holy Spirit with us. And these people are trained in that. It's possible that you don't have the kind of faith that can welcome Jesus into this kind of situation, and so I want to pray a simple prayer with you right now. It's up on the screen. It's just sorry, thank you, please. And the sorry is, God, I'm sorry for not inviting you into this space. I'm sorry for not growing in maturity with you. I'm sorry for trying to sidestep that by living in my own anxiety. I'm so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. So just take a moment and let's repent. Lord Jesus, we, we're sorry for the things that we've done wrong. We're sorry for sidestepping your work in our life. And I'll just let the announcement from the museum pass.
Lord Jesus Christ, we're so sorry for the things that we've done wrong in our life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. So come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the statement of freedom that we all need to live in, that we get to live in. This is a statement of, God, I'm not going to live in my worry or anxiety alone anymore. I'm going to live in your presence in all things. So let's worship together this one last song. Who knows what God might want to do with you as we do. And again, for those of you who would like prayer, please come for prayer. Place my hope in you. And as you call me forward, I'm falling into you. I'm waiting. You're
So you may have not prayed that prayer before. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's been a long time since you've given your trust to Jesus. Please come see your prayer team this morning. And otherwise, would you receive this blessing? Actually stand. Would you stand to receive this blessing? That you go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to not live in worry or anxiety, but to live in complete trust of Jesus, walking with him, inviting him into every imagination and story you have. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with his grace. Grow in his maturity. I bless you in Jesus' name. Go in peace.